0: It's green light they're set to go. Green lights on. Set for a start. Cablands is holding on. Cut glory for Cablands. But it is all heart style Rico and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light on podcast. Well, you know the podcasts are going to be big when uh, my man Smithy's on them. Uh, massive, massive addition this one as we count down to the three group ones at the Meadows on Saturday night. The Zoom Top, the Rookie Rebel, and the Lee, which could be one of the all-time great Lees. It sure does shape up that way on paper. Wonderful night of racing ahead. We're going to preview that. We're going to catch up with... I don't know how this will work on this podcast, but another podcast host um, from a Greyhound racing show. It's Dimity Ma from the Greyhound Girl. She's going to catch up with us a little bit later on in this podcast and chat everything about all of those New South Wales visitors uh, in the feature races, which is going to be intriguing because uh, there are a a few down here and a few that look genuine chances. As I welcome in uh, my main man, Schmiffy Dog Dog Dog. Uh, How are you, mate?
1: Going well, Jim. Going well. It's obviously a very, very exciting week to be out here at the Meadows. Uh, Everyone's getting nice and excited. And as you said, that Temley Field is insane. It's got the first four place getters uh, from the the Phoenix. I might be a little bit biased, but it was one of the best races I've ever seen. So... To, uh, to get a second crack at that, I'm very excited.
0: Couldn't agree any more with you, Smithy, but um, there is a little bit of an issue um, in the lead-up to the feature racing this week, and my spies at the Meadows were out and about today uh, throughout the early part of uh, Wednesday afternoon, and I had a few text messages come through saying, um, what the hell is Smithy wearing today? <laughs> oh,
1: come on, mate. It's not that bad. It's, uh, it's summertime, so I've got the pins out, but no. Not trying to match the socks up at all, to be honest. It was just uh, the socks that were at the top of the drawer, so I chucked them on, and um, yeah,
0: away we went. I might almost make the album cover for this week. The photo that I got <laughs> of your outfit that that that's not even a joke. That's how good it is. Uh, but no, Smithy, moving on, mate. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this, and looking from the outside in at the moment, you'd you'd have to say this would be as good a night of greyhound racing when it comes to the depth of the group ones, in particular that team, Lee. I, I know it's always the best of the best when it comes to races because it is effectively a hand-picked field, but this one to have Kelsey Bale, Wow, She's Fast, Amron Boy, She's a Pearl, McAnooney Mobile Legend, Fernando McBaby, JC, I, I think it's an extraordinary field.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute cracker. It doesn't get much better than that. As he said, it's hand-picked. So the 10 Lee and the Top Gun, obviously being hand-picked, they're always absolute crackers, but you don't always get to pick all of the best dogs. And I think uh, pretty much we've, we've got all bases covered with the best dogs in form at the moment. So it's, uh, it's very exciting. And as a Greyhound fan, it's, uh, it's, it's just about Christmas.
0: Run all of the week. Probably a good segue that. Uh, speaking of Christmas, if you back the winner of this race last week, all your Christmases come at once. Have a listen to this for a roughie getting home at the Meadows uh, last Saturday night.
1: One night he set to go, green light, ready. Racing, Responder down on the inside, jumped away, well away, fast there, Noel Bale at the centre, and Fabs Vegetable getting up on the inside, deep out as Trussell Bale, as they go into the first turn, well back on the inside, Responder, third last going to the back straight, where Fabs Vegetable the leader, <laughs> going around the outside as Blue Demon, followed for the back by Noel Bale, then planned ahead, further back would have been Trussell Bale, and then come Responder, third last, great guy in Corby Murray coming off the back straight, and Fabs Vegetable the leader, a length and a half clear of a Blue Demon, they turn, Fabs Vegetable nicely out in front, and Fabs Vegetable beat Blue Demon, and third spot to go to plan to so the vegetable, vegetable wins
0: there, down. Smithy, at about, uh, I think it was about 60 to 1 at the jump. Uh, I love a, a good underdog, a good upset victory, and they probably don't come much bigger than that.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And I will uh, throw someone under the bus. I won't name names, but someone had the quaddy going into the last leg. The dividend was paying nicely after leg three. Of course, Fabs Vegetable ends up winning leg four, and that person had Fabs Vegetable in there and cashed out and cost themselves about oh. 8 grand on course on Saturday night. So uh, very unfortunate with that, but still a nice collection. Mm, it's
0: a bad story. Hey, do you have any idea who sent me through the photo? Who was, who was the spy at the Meadows that sent through the photo of your outfit to me?
1: Uh, I've got two names at the top of my head. I reckon one of them is my former hair sponsor, uh, Golf Cuts.
0: Incorrect. It's like a quiz Four, now. Uh,
1: would be the second
0: one. No, no. Think bird's eye view. It was a, it was a view from above looking down upon you. Chris Chilcott? No, it was the race caller, Dan Hibbert. Was
1: it? Really? <laughs> he's throwing me under the
0: bus. And he's on my Jeez. side now, I can tell you that. He's on my side. Uh, no doubt about that.
1: <laughs> what well, stick to the Oh, we do. night's <laughs> oh, preview. Right,
0: Let's go on to Saturday night's preview. I'm talking over my own stingers now. That's how well I'm going Uh We're going to take a look at the the whole program, 11 races on the car, but really hone in on those three big ones. We'll start with race one, and this is the sports bet bit with mate's final, grade five final, along with the one wartime novelty at an each way price, but there's a bit of depth in the race, but a lot of the class is drawn out wide. My theory was they're going to need luck, and I can just see the red poking through as an each way chance.
1: Yeah, you're right. The class is out wide, and the classiest of them all, in my opinion, is the seven who told Shorty, will require luck from out there, but is the best dog in the
0: race number two small field i know you're a jackpot joan fan i'm i'm probably going to go with her because i think she will look the winner at some point in this race but I, I also like wheel and go who i think might be able to miss the kick and then just tuck in maybe fourth on the rail and and make a bit of a run at them from there and uh, you might see as well wheel and goes first reserve in the rookie rebels so you'd expect based on that wheel and goes a big chance but i'll go with jackpot joan yeah i, I actually
1: haven't looked at the prices yet but uh I'm with Golden Quest. I think we'll be getting a decent price, probably around that $4 mark, and I think she leads.
0: Race number three, first preliminary of the Australian Cup. We will chat a little bit about that, actually, Smithy. The way the Australian Cup works, you've got pretty much your automatic qualifiers and then the rest have to fight a way in through the preliminaries. Is that the way to probably the best describe it?
1: Yeah, exactly. The top 56 greyhounds get pulled out and they don't have to race this weekend, obviously, unless they're in the Temley or or the Rookie Rebel, and uh, the rest of them have to battle it out in the prelims, essentially turning it into a three-week series.
0: Okay, race number four on the program. Did we get a, we didn't get a winner from race three. I just jumped ahead. I often do that. Uh, Joliet Bale, I'm with number two, the likely leader in that third race.
1: Uh, it's a really, really tough race, this one. I'm going to go with Mothrox, who's been pretty impressive from the outside draws last couple, uh, but we'll need some luck from out there.
0: Okay, race number four, we can finally get there. I'm with Amlon Emperor. Um, you, you probably wouldn't take him on form, but... I think he, the fact they're going for this race in particular, a prelim of the Oz Cup with the form the way it is, um, and there is some whispers he has been doing a few things right. So I'm, I'm willing to take a little bit of a gamble here on race four, number one, Amlin Emperor.
1: Yeah, I've got a big opinion of Amlin Emperor. Um, I just want to see him do it, though, here at the Meadows. Uh, hasn't had a start over this track and distance. Just want to see him do it here. So I'm leaning towards Captain Larry who sizzled a few starts ago, went 29.80 and 5.05 early. If he repeats that, he will be winning this one.
0: Race five, I'm with Hara's skipper. Um, I think he's going to become a star stayer, but why not have a crack at an Oz Cup on the way through?
1: Yeah, exactly right. It's probably one of the biggest runs uh, I've ever seen in defeat. Last week, he, he ran third. Um, yeah, he's got a massive, massive motor, but he's going to need luck. And if he gets buried on that rail, it'll be tough for him. But uh, he's definitely on top selection.
0: Race 6, first of the Group 1 features, the Sportsbet Zoom top the market with Sportsbet, Corbon Magic 280, it's the fave in Box 1. Maureen Susie, the Top Gun Stayers winner, 4.20. bell pride of WA at the moment, $10. I've just hit Zoom on my mouse and zoomed everything to the point that I can barely read it. Ariane Bale, number fours at $10. Quarter, 15. Stagger out Lee, 14. Mpunga Ruby, who's back to her best, she's at 4.60. And Aritza Piper, $9, reserves Golden Quest, 750 Superman keeping at $13. i am tipping Corborn Magic. Um, I just like what this dog can do. You know he's going to be really strong. And to be honest, I, I think this is a race that, that lacks early speed. So from box one, I wouldn't be surprised to see this Sydney Cider sitting second, third, or fourth. And from there, he's going to be really, really hard to contain.
1: Yeah, this is a really hard one to speed, map. I've got Mpunga Ruby as the only Greyhound kind of that's going to be naturally forward so Mm. uh if she can get across from box seven i think she's got it easy and you don't see too many dogs run past mpunga ruby she's high in confidence she won that race up at albion park last week and uh her meadows her meadows record is absolutely superb she's had nine starts for five wins in a couple of seconds so i think if she can get out and uh and lead she's a she's a big big show but uh also You've also got to consider Caldwell and Magic from the inside. And Moraine Susie was awesome in the top gun. And uh, I've thrown in Ritzer Piper as well as a bit of a wild card uh, from the mm. outside draw.
0: I have too. I've gone 1-7, uh, 3 my next best. But I wouldn't be surprised if Zabel got a clean run um, to see Zabel win. Over then to race seven, another prelim of the Oz Cup. I'm going with Aston Lyra on top here. I think Vicky Wisner could be in for a good night, uh, showing terrific speed on the Provincials this chaser.
1: Yeah, this is a really tough one as well. Um, I've landed on quick smart. If he gets back to his best, we saw him earlier in his career at Sandown, just an absolute rocket from the outside draws. Uh, so if he if he can go back to that and he can show that at the Meadows, he's gone 29.76 here. If he repeats that, he'll uh, be very, very hard to beat. But I just want to see him do it before I'm uh, calling him more moral by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Sports Bet rookie rebel up next. Race number eight at three past nine. The intrigue around this race is extraordinary. Uh, we'll go through the market first. French Martini three eighty. It's the favourite. The Sydney Cider in box one. They've drawn well. These Sydney Ciders. Aston Velvet four twenty. Jarek Bale, the old warhorse, at four dollars fifty. El nine fifty. Amplified fifteen. Black Sail, fifteen dollars in from twenty one. Uh, Dookie Devil at five dollars fifty. And Punters Bandit eight dollars fifty. Reserves Wheel and Go. Great guy. I'm going to hand it to you, Smithy, but before we get into selections, mate, French Martini, what do, you, what do you make of her? Drawn box number one, the step up to 600, she she could do something pretty special because she's capable of doing it. Box one probably hasn't been her go over the 500, but 600 with a little bit less speed in the race is a completely different ball game for her. Yeah, exactly
1: right. I'm, I'm kind of mapping her. Uh, her and Aston Balvinas are two two leaders in this race. One of them will get the lead, and whoever gets that lead, I think, will be really, really hard to beat. Aston Velvet, of course, Hume Cup champ. Uh, French Martini had her first crack at 600 at Gosford on the weekend and went within a couple of lengths of the track record, just highballing out in front. So if she can find the front, she's going to be awfully hard to catch. So I've actually got French Martini on top. A little bit of a question mark, obviously, uh, with her Victorian form. But if she brings her New South Wales form, and it's a big if I think she she's definitely got the talent to be winning a race like this, particularly if she can draw, uh, if she can hold the lead.
0: There's always a bit of chat around these types of races, Smithy, and um, there was a few people saying that maybe French Martini doesn't deserve a start in the race, but when you look at the market, she's now the $3.80 favourite, so effectively, you'd be mad leaving her out, wouldn't you, really?
1: And, and I completely understand why people are saying that as well. She obviously hadn't stepped up over 600. We hadn't seen that. We're kind of being a bit speculative. It's, it is a speculative decision in a lot of ways, but her form um, probably were, would have warranted her to go into the 10 league. She's, uh, she's probably in the 10 best greyhounds in Australia. And um, when uh, Peter Lagogianni put her in his first preference over the rookie rivalry, he did that with a bit of risk. But um, she's landed in the field. She's landed box one. And as he said, she's uh, come up short in the market, so she's plenty
0: talented. I'm with the four El Dorado. I think I think he's the smoky up to 600. You just have to forgive that run last start. No luck at all. I, I like him, Aston Velvet and French Martini. I, I'd be surprised if the winner does not come from that trio. So the one, the two, and the four. But it's going to be a cracker. Race number nine. Back to another prelim of the Oz Cup. I'm with Astra Bale. Hopefully to lead all of the way. But I've got a little question mark. Asterix on number six, Fred Rose in the race, who could run a big race here.
1: Yeah, I really like Fred Rose. He's a have got a big soft spot for him, but I'm with Astrid as well. I think she uh, will lead all of the way and, uh, and take out this preliminary.
0: Over the end of the big one, race number 10, 9.43, group one. It is the Sportsbet Lee of 2023. And we're going to go through these runner by runner for the big group one. Starting with number one, Kelsey Bale, $4.60 for the win with sportsbet.com.au. And she has drawn exactly where she needs to be.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, she's drawn exactly where she needs to be. She loves the meadows. Her run in the silver bullet, go back and watch that if you haven't seen it, because that was ridiculous. She chased down Amaron Boy, which... They just do not do that. That Mm. is uh, as good
0: as it gets. So she loves the meadows. She's drawn well. She's a big chance. Well, she's fast. Uh, Never, ever, 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 ever do you discount a champion. And We saw that in the Phoenix. You just can't put a line through her, no matter what. She may have been a bit plain last start, but you just forgive that because she loves the meadows. She loves the the big race, the big moments, and, and she'll be hard to beat.
1: Yeah, exactly. She's an absolute superstar. She's the first dog to break two million for a reason. She's multiple Group One winner. She is an absolute superstar. She just seems to uh, perform well when she comes to the meadows. So she does just about everywhere.
0: Three dollars sixty is the uh, the joint favourite. Uh, wow, she's fast for the Tim Lee with number three Amron Boy, who's also at three sixty. I'm sort of leaning to Amron Boy, but it's just forgiving what he did in Sydney because he wasn't impressive at all in his last couple of runs in New South Wales, but. The fact that he's obviously pressed onto this race, back to the Meadows where he flies. Have you got any more that you can add to that, Smithy? Is he, do you know if he's trialled well at the Meadows in the lead-up or if there, is there anything that you can give me just to, to add that confidence that I guess he's back to, to what he was doing maybe two months ago, even six weeks ago? I,
1: I don't know exactly what he's trialled or anything like that, but he always trials fast. He's a dog that's gone 29.45 twice mm. through the silver chief. And then, one of, again, one of the biggest runs I've seen in the Phoenix, where he was just pipped. I've got him on top in this one. He just looks like he's about to take Greyhound Racing by the scrap of the neck, I
0: reckon. I love She's a Pearl, drawn box number four, $4.50. And the reason I say that, Corey, is I had a few text messages after that uh, controversial call where I said, Wow, well, she's fast is better than She's a Pearl. But on, on a serious note, they're just, they're just two wonderful Greyhounds, She's a Pearl and, and Wow, she's fast. And this is a superstar. She does everything right. Um, I don't really know how to knock her. She's $5 into four fifty Box draws a challenge, but she's often been one that, that can just lid ping from these awkward draws and, and then the draw sort of goes out of contention, out of calculation. So even though she's drawn four, she's got McInerney in five who's not going to bother her early and, and Amron Boy is going to look for the rail. So it might not be the worst draw for She's a Pearl. I actually think it's
1: the perfect draw. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Amron Boy is going to look for the rail. And and McKinnon is going to give her room. I don't think she's going to get bothered in the early stages. I don't know if there's any markets up of who's going to lead, but I think she'll be the leader. Obviously, there's a bit of pace out wide, but they'll be staying out wide, and she's going to be untouched for that first probably 7,500, maybe even 250 metres of the race. They're going to have to run past her, and she's strong. We've, We've seen her performances up in Sydney. We saw her in the Phoenix. She's a massive, massive show in this one.
0: McInerney, five, $51 into 31, so there is money there. And, and as I've said so many times, I've, I've sort of, not that we've, we've said he's not up to it, but he he's sort of gone to that next level, I think, in the last couple of months after that million-dollar chase win. I thought his run in the Phoenix was outstanding. So here at the Meadows, obviously, he needs luck from the draw, but he's, he's not out of this, McInerney.
1: No, no, it's not at all. He's... He's a greyhound that just seems to turn up on the big nights. Brendan Purcell always has him cherry ripe. He just runs big races at big times. He always just seems to, uh, to, I don't want to say plot along, but he just seems to just kind of get around and and then you pop up and you go, oh, McInerney's run a nice nice race again, and he just does it time in, time out. He's just the ultimate professional, even if he does have a few quirks, like staying up the truck a fair bit.
0: Mobile legend number six, I love the fact he's got to go in the race, uh, got to start mobile legend because he's won the last two Provincial Country Cups, 500 won't be a problem, the draw is tough for him, hence he's $16, but that that sprinting form has to put him in good stead in a race like this, he, he's a big chance of, was it uh, in the Oz Cup years ago, Luca Neuvel, Greyhound like that, who could just lead all of the way, I, th- I think mobile legend can do that. It's probably just a bit stiff for Mobile Legend that this is the Tim Lee field because it's such a hard field to beat.
1: Yeah, it's not even so much the field for me. It's just the draw. The draw is just really sticky, obviously. McInerney on his inside. If he can highball it out, though, and get in front of McInerney, he's going to get a nice little run into the race. So as long as he doesn't get posted wide um, via McInerney and he can get around him, he's going to be in it right up to his ears because he's a super talented dog, and we've seen that through the month of January where he's won two country cups.
0: Fernando Mick, uh, you can't put a line through him because his run in the Melbourne Cup was enormous, but I thought he was disappointing down in Tassie at Launceston last time. I thought it was a race that he he should have won. Um, He didn't, but Dave Giel's a big race trainer and he'll have him cherry right for this. He's $13 with Sportsbet.
1: Yeah, he's probably a little bit like McEnany in that they have their quirks. They use a fair bit of the track, but when Fernando Mick's breaking five seconds to the mark in a Melbourne Cup and running an enormous race, um, it just keeps going. Great guns. He's had 98 starts. The 10 level will be 99th start. He's won over 500000 in prize money. He's a Group 1 winner. Uh, as he said, David Gill, big race trainer as well. So uh, it's hard to discount him. And every time someone does knock him, he seems to just show up and uh, and put in a big
0: performance. Baby JC won the, the Oaks with a dead heat uh, with spaghetti legs at Ballarat through the week. Um, the draw, again, makes it so hard for her because... She's an out-and-out front runner. She does want to get across to the rail, so box eight's going to be a really big challenge, and she's marked at 16s, which I'd almost say is unders, not based on her ability, but just based on the draw.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, obviously. As her name suggests, she is the the baby of the field. She's... uh coming through kind of bitches only racing, she steps up to the big time here, which if she was drawn down the inside and had a little bit of room early, she's run a five oh four a couple of mm. starts ago here. So she got plenty of early speed. She would have been up to it in her ear up to her ears in it. But uh, with Mac and Fernando Mick likely to keep her wide. I think she's gonna really struggle to get across. But if she does nail that start, then I think she can find the front and give him something to chase.
0: That's the Tim Lee uh, suggestions now for who's going to win the race. I, I just sensed there was a little bit of an inkling that you were leaning to She's a Pearl to run a big one.
1: Uh, I'm, I've still got Amron Boy on top. I've, I've got Amron Boy, are she's fast, She's a Pearl and Kelsey Bale oh. as my four selections. Uh, I've got Kelsey Bale just running a big race just due to the map. I think the map's pretty sticky for a lot of them. Um, she's a Pearl, as I said, is drawn perfectly, but Amron Boy, I just think... Uh, I think it's his time. I think he, he, he's about to step up and stamp his authority on the greyhound racing world and show that he is an absolute rock star.
0: Well, we looked in the uh, the crystal ball at the start of 2023 and myself, Dan Hibbard, I think even you sort of agreed, he, he's the dog that, that could take 2023 by the scrap of the neck and just dominate. And I think he will start it here. I'm with three Amron Boy, just forgetting those last two runs and great minds, great minds, great minds. It was 3-2-1-4 for me. I had Kelsey mm. Bale ahead of She's a Pearl. But that is the Tem Lee race. 11 to wrap up the night at 7 past 10. I'm with Boo Boo Billy coming off that uh, bullion run last time. Drawn box number two, very, very winnable. Mix four and five for Boo Boo in the last.
1: Uh, I'm just leaning slightly towards your hero bale. I think we'll get a better price than Boo Boo Billy. Um, And, yeah, there's not not much in between them in talent. I don't think. Just uh, coming back to the meadows, I think your hero bale just seems to like the meadows a little bit better. Hunters' hunting club.
0: I'm a little bit concerned that I may well have jinxed us on the punters' punting club because before we recorded, Smithy, I said we've been in good form with the punters' punting club and I know as a gambler, as a punter, you should never say that you're in good form. But, hey, let's face it, we have been going okay. I'll, I'll kick it off with your selection this week because you had 50 on Aston Velvet last week, got the job done. How do you how do you possibly play this week's punters' punting club? Yeah, it
1: was really tough. I had to uh, really scour through the form book. To uh, make sure I found one, I'm going to go with She's a Pearl to place fifty dollars on her. So uh, I wanted to spend one in one. I wanted to spend it in one of the group ones, and I think She's a Pearl will lead. I think she'll get overrun as we touched on before, but I think uh, a place bet is really
0: nice. Yeah, look, I'm in good form. Got the last two. I think the week before I sat out and banked fifty, so I'm slowly building the bank just nicely, but. I almost want to bank 50, not because it's not a wonderful night of racing, but because it is such a a, a nice night of racing. And look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have 30 a place on race one, number one, wartime novelty. I think it can just fill a hole, hopefully, from box number one. And then I'm going to have a sneaky little 10 bucks each way on race three, number two, Joliet Bale. marks $16 in the form guide. It's been beginning well without a great deal of luck and, and sort of mixed it with Action Girl for memory in those 500-metre races where they were just running hectic early sections. So they're my two punters, punting club, Smithy. But I'm um, looking forward to Saturday, mate. Will you be lurking around there, the, the City Views Bistro somewhere on Saturday night?
1: I certainly will be, mate. I'll be uh, lurking around, pretending to do work. but No, I actually will be working because uh, one of the busiest nights of the year. But it'll be plenty of fun. So if anyone's uh, tuning in and want to come say good day, come and annoy
0: me for sure. That's unmissable, isn't it? Uh, just quickly, as I let you go, mate. Um, it's kids' night out. Is that the, probably the best way to put it for this uh, this first sort of uh, Saturday night of the the Australian Cup Carnival?
1: It is. It's kids' night. Uh, We've still got some dining packages available upstairs, $90 for a three-course meal, and uh, you also get beer, wine, and spirits included in that. So great price for that, but if you've got the kids, bring them along. There's plenty of uh, jumping castles and inflatables and all that sort of stuff. Cali Sports will be doing some activities, so plenty on. Inside
0: Info. Well, a little bit of a different version of Inside Info this time, a very special guest, first time on the podcast, and she is the founder and host of the Greyhound Racing podcast by the name of Greyhound Girl. She has the social media. She loves to promote Greyhound Racing. I speak of Dimity Mara, much love Greyhound participant, and she's been good enough to join us on the Green Line On podcast. Dim, you're on the other side of the fence this time. How are you?
2: I know. It's, uh, it's a bit nerve-wracking, actually. I'm usually not nervous when I interview people myself, but when people say, oh, can I interview you, I go, Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably, it's probably a good thing we, uh, we throw you on the other side of the fence. It was a little bit uh, similar when I was once on, on your podcast, but uh, to get to know you for the, the people on this podcast that listen that, that obviously haven't heard of the Greyhound Girl podcast, I'm not sure where they've been if they haven't heard of it because I'm a, I'm a very <laughs> big fan myself, but uh, for you, where Thank did the you. love of Greyhound racing begin and where did it come from?
2: Oh, look, it's been a a family for generations. Um, Dad, grandfathers, uncles um, all had dogs, bred them, uh, trained them, et cetera. And yeah, I live a stone's throw away from what used to be my local track here in uh, Singleton up in the Hunter Valley and spent most of my childhood years um, over there learning as much as I could. And I'm an only child, and Dad said, well, it's up to you to, to keep going with it. He said, you've pretty much got no option, but, you know, it, it didn't <laughs> take very long for me to fall in love with it, and, um, yeah, I think that love's only getting stronger sort of as I get older.
0: You've, you've obviously gone now to, a, I guess, a path of being a, a real promoter for the sport. What was it that sort of drove you in, in that direction? Obviously, you've owned a few greyhounds over the time, but you, you've really taken aboard that, that role to, to promote greyhound racing, especially in New South Wales.
2: Yeah, I always thought I'd end up being a, a trainer or a handler or something like that but it wasn't until I sort of dabbled into a few sort of social media gigs for local tracks around here, did a bit of journalism and that as well and it wasn't until I sort of started doing that I thought, oh, gee, this is um, this is a lot of fun and, you know, I had a couple of uh, personal issues over the last couple of years. Uh, people would, um, you know, that follow me obviously on social media know that I've got Crohn's disease and um, it can be pretty debilitating at times and honestly if I didn't have greyhound racing I probably would not be sort of heading towards remission again like I am and you know it's just been uh it's been a godsend basically being able to promote and I never thought it would be where it was like I'm nearly two years into you know what I call my journey when I started like my social media platforms and the podcast and yeah I just I'm amazed by the response the support's been phenomenal I can't you know thank everybody enough and yeah I sort of think geez I've got to keep uh, setting the bar high now because you know I, I don't want to sort of drop off the radar and I'm always trying to think of new things to come up with, but I don't think people realise I actually um, have a couple of other jobs. So I sort of, the greyhounds are, are a night thing and weekend thing, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be doing anything else. And like I said, the response has just been phenomenal. So I'll just keep going with it. You know, like you, we want that positive, uh, we want that positivity out there. There's, you know, plenty of um, negative things that get said, especially in mainstream media. So I think if we can push the positive stories out there, it's only going to be better for everyone.
0: And I think as well, Dim, like you say, it's, it's about getting that positive out there but it's almost about just showing, you know, how greyhounds are trained, how well they're looked after, to the the, the mainstream public who, who don't don't get that opportunity. I, I remember years ago, I took somebody to the greyhounds for the first time, and they came to Sandown Park, and they could not believe that even just the setup of the facility. Like they they were expecting it to be like a local football ground, you know, with a little tin shed. They turned up to Sandown <laughs> and were just blown away. Like I, I don't think people from the outside really understand how professional the
2: sport actually is. Oh, definitely, and that's why I love putting together sort of like the videos I did at Gosford the other night, like the the behind-the-scenes stuff and, you know, seeing trainers, you know, cuddling their dogs, kissing them before the races and everything like that. You know, obviously people just see the race on TV. They don't really, unless they go to the track, don't get to see much else. So um, I get such a massive buzz out of that, you know, standing behind the boxes, you know, seeing people celebrate and and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I think uh, the more of it we can do, the better.
0: What's the, the dream for you? Like, obviously, time-wise, you were saying that you, you're working a couple of jobs as well as doing what you're doing. Like, I keep an eye on the Greyhound Girl socials, and, and it seems like you're always working in, in one way or another. Is, is it a dream long-term, Tim, to, to have a crack and, and, and obviously try and get to a stage where you could potentially, you know, be a full-time promoter for the sport? Obviously, you need the, the financial reward to be able to do that, but would that be, a you know, something that you look at down the track?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like I've sort of been approached, um, you know, to have a couple of opportunities to do it. But um, again, it's sort of like my outlet, and I sort of think to myself, if I made it my full time thing, where I was doing it twenty four seven, I know it probably seems like I do it twenty four seven now anyway. But <laughs> if it became, <laughs> if it became my reliant income, would I enjoy it as much as what I do now? The fact that it's sort of like I said, an outlet for outside of work. So I- I'm not sure. It's something I would obviously have to weigh up. But you know, like you said. I, I pretty make much make next to nothing with what I do and that's not why I do it. I do it because of the fact that, you know, I've helped so many people and that's something that, um, you know, I'm really proud of.
0: Who's, who's been the, the most interesting person that you've had on your podcast over the time?
2: Uh, well, Glenn Rounds dropped the F-bomb for the first Did time on really? my podcast the other day. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was sitting here just clapping silently as he was doing it. I'm like, that's phenomenal. Like I would have never expected it. Um, but, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it was so good. Oh, look, I I think I looked up the other day, I've done over 200 episodes and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, you know, I need to... (laughs) I need to get out a bit more, but, oh, jeez, if I could narrow it down to one and look, I'd have to say his name or he'll probably kick me out of the house. I'd have to say the one I did with my dad. We did it last year after I sort of did like a, uh, a Q&A and asked people to vote for you know, their star of the year, trainer of the year and all the rest of it. Dad jumped on with me. It's definitely not his thing talking. I don't know where I got my ability to, to ramble on from, but it definitely wasn't Dad, but he was good enough to jump on with me and talk about the old days, you know, where he met uh, old Blacktop and that. Um, you know, when he was at stud and yeah, I'd have to say dad, cause you know, he's taught me everything I know about dogs and, um, yeah, no, I know he got a kick out of it. He doesn't model online now. He enjoys it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's brilliant to hear. Hey, uh, what's the, before we, I guess, move on to chatting about the three group ones in Melbourne Saturday night and, and that, that local New South Wales touch for you, what, what would have been the, the greatest greyhound that you've seen up until this point in time? There's been some absolute superstars in the last 10 to 20 years. Is there one that, that stands out a little bit above the rest?
2: Oh, for me, it's Brett Lee. He's the first greyhound I fell in love with. Um, I think he, I was about 13 years old when he won the Easter egg. Balled my eyes out that night because it was actually on my birthday. So... I just remember at the time and, you know, social media wasn't around back then. So I can only imagine what, you know, his presence would have been like now if, um, you know, he was racing today, but I've never seen a dog, you know, captivate a sport and, you know, just people in my town were just wanting to talk about him. You'd walk past and see the, you know, the newspaper clippings out the front of the news agency and you'd just be like, wow, this is a greyhound. Like people are talking about a greyhound. It's usually always, you know, the horses and that sort of thing. But, The way he captivated the sport and, you know, you'd see people, I remember distinctly, I think it was at Warrigal. he won the race by the length of the straight and there was people running up to him in the catching pen trying to get a part of him and, you know, just trying to get a glimpse of him because that's what he did for the sport. He's still my favourite greyhound to this day and, you know, I think it would take something phenomenal to eclipse it. But just what he did for me when I was growing up, um, yeah, I'll just – I'll never forget it. I just love him dearly.
0: He's an absolute superstar. Speaking of superstars, the Meadows, Saturday night, three Group Ones. Uh, there's a really strong, I think, interstate contingent, we'll call them down here, or for you it would be a local contingent heading down to Melbourne. Uh, uh, that, that I think could play a very, very big part in the big races, um, in all three big races. We'll start with the big one, the Tim Lee. Um, you love Wow She's Fast. Before we get to She's a Pearl, <laughs> Wow She's Fast is a favourite of yours, and Cal and Jackie Green have been kind enough to donate you some goods, uh, a bit of merch over the time, Tim.
2: Oh, honestly, mum said to me, I wish I had the camera the day you opened the the rug from the shootout when you opened it. She said, you come running out to me crying. She said, I thought something was wrong with you. I didn't know what was going on. She said, I was going (laughs) to ring an ambulance. I was just so emotional and overwhelmed I couldn't believe it when I opened it up and yeah I couldn't thank Jackie and Kellan obviously that the owner Greek's brought enough I, I mean it's just I think it's my prized possession now like no offense to my cats or anything but it uh it's number one for me now that rug and yeah, to have something like that of hers and, and then she went on obviously to win the Phoenix again was, yeah, just phenomenal. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, what it is that, uh, you know, I'm so captivated by her. Like obviously I have a great relationship with, with Jackie and Kel and, but I, I don't know, she's just captivated me from day one and, you know, I'm nervous already and we're still a few days out so who knows what I'll be like Saturday. I'll be a mess probably.
0: <laughs> who, do you, who do you side with? Uh, she's a pearl or, or wow, she's fast. Did they go head-to-head in the Temley, a bit like the Phoenix?
2: Look, I have to go with Shani. where she's yeah. fast. Like she's she's been my favourite, like I said from day one. And you know, she's just brought me so much joy. I cheer for a lot. Like she's my own dog. And like I said, I get so nervous before the race. And Jackie goes, "You get more nervous before, but more than I do." And I said, "I know." I said, "I'm a wreck. I can hardly look at the TV. I I don't know." But um, yeah, I, you know, I, as bad as it sounds, like I absolutely love. She's a pearl, and uh, you know, and the lords and Paul Mills that handles her, but. Yeah, Sharnie's my favourite, so I have to stick with her.
0: <laughs> I'm sitting here, Dim, just trying to work out the numbers um, of the the prize money that these two girls have earned. Wow, she's fast, and she's a pearl, and it's so big that it's actually hard to calculate. Um, I think if they run first <laughs> and second, they crack four million dollars combined in prize money. Like that, that in itself, I could see why you would be captivated by a dog that that has been able to do that. Let alone have wow, she's fast, she's a pearl. At the same time effectively going to, to to race to win four million dollars between two Greyhounds. It's just it's it's out of this world is what it is.
2: Oh, it's phenomenal. I, I still remember Jackie after the fan, going, oh, that's just stupid money what she's won. Like, and I'm like, yeah, she's spot on because, you know, it, it's probably a cliche but we all say it like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would have never even dreamt that a dog would crack a million and here we are going, oh, yeah, they're cracking two million now, maybe mm. three million next. And, yeah, it's, it's just so good. And the fact that, you know, these two girls um, have wanted to get so many people involved now, I think all the better.
0: Even though the heart goes with where she's fast, is it the brain as well? Who do you, who do you think will win the Tim Lee?
2: Oh, look, yeah, it's hard for me to separate at times. Look, I, I think she can. She obviously, you know, will have to begin. She loves the Meadows, which is great. But, you know, I, again, I think Emron Boy's the smoky. Yeah. Like, he's back down there where he belongs. You know, he's got a good draw for a change, which I'm, you know, sure Brooke and Jamie are, are wrapped about. But, you know, if Pearl can obviously, you know, come out and sort of cut him off, you know, I'd expect her to be punching up for the lead at the first turn. Um, but then you dog like Fernando Mick out wide who, you know, I thought he had, like most of us had the melt Cup in the bag, um, you know. Till obviously Yachi had a, a different story in mind, but um, yeah, I think Emron Boy's still the smoky, um, going back to, to where he likes. But uh, realistically, if I think uh, if I think Emron Boy gets into a bit of trouble, I think if it she's a pearl up front and Shani's right on a hammer, I think Shani, oh, sorry, where she's fast. Um, you know, probably can repeat the Phoenix and run her down again.
0: Well, I'm just, I'm just hoping it's not uh, she's a pearl and wow, she's fast head and head down the back because I went with the two queens of greyhound racing once before and I probably can't use it again, but uh, <laughs> they will they will put on a show, that's for sure. What about the rookie rebel, French martini in box one? I've got no doubt Pete Lagojiani would be a, a good friend of yours racing up there around uh, around Newcastle on a regular basis and then – This Greyhound from Box 8, Punter's Bandit, who I think is actually drawn pretty well out there and, and for memory, uh, stormed home to win the uh, the Gosford Cup just recently. Was that the race she, she got home to win, Punter's Bandit?
2: Yeah, yeah, the the yeah. new six hundred at uh, at right. I was actually at the boxes um, doing a bit of video, and when they went past me, you know, I was just looking at the two leaders, and then I heard the guy say, "Oh, yeah, Punna's Bandit," and I was like, "She was nowhere near them." I mean, it was just an enormous run, and you know, I think she's become one of the most consistent chasers up here for sure. Like you know, to win the Gosford Cup over 5.15 then to step up, you know, to the 6.03 and, and do what she did, Um, you know. I, I think eight will suit her. I don't think that's a drama. I'm, you know, pretty confident she can go from any box. But, um, you know, there were a lot of people having question marks over French Martini's, you know, debut over the middle distance last week. I was there sort of as they swing around that turn for the first time and, you know... No, obviously not saying anything against her, but I think she may have lost a tiny bit of that early zip. And now the fact that, you know, she's got that strength on her side, um, you know, she's good enough to, I think, to jump and lead. And, you know, she can possibly go all the way too. So, um, yeah, I think the New South Wales chasers are, are right in this. Mm.
0: I tell you what, I, I did the form and I tipped Eldorado, but the more I look into this and the more I speak to people, French Martini, you go off that run at Gosford, She's gone 34.33, 8.88 early. I go down to Punters Bandit, who won the 600, which was the feature, 9.45 early. Uh, that's over half a second behind and only went 34.72. Yep. Obviously, different types of races. But, oh, look, I, I'm really starting to lean to French Martini. Is that, is that who you're tipping, the, the The girl on the rise to 600 metres?
2: Yeah, look, the only question mark for me is is whether she, I, I'm not sure if she handles the travel because obviously we saw her down in Victoria and, you know, she probably, you know, didn't go as well as what I'd hoped she would have. So, you know, I'd expect her to finish top three if she begins well, but... Again, I think Punter's bandit might be the Smoky. She just seems very versatile. You know, obviously, you know, travelling up to Gosford from where the Lord's Kennel is is a fair hike. So I don't think the travel um, will worry her. And, yeah, I think she can be a bit of a Smoky as well. But, you know, Martini obviously, you know, will have to jump to lead. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't think she'll be able to come from behind, unlike punters who I think can. I'll
0: tell you what, these uh, New South Welsh women and ladies and men and everything else, they're coming down to Melbourne and they're just dominating at the moment because I have, I have a bit of a look here. <laughs> and I, I don't recall an interstate trainer coming down with a runner that's a genuine chance in the Zoom top, the Rookie Rebel and the Tem Lee. I speak of Jody and Andy Lord, obviously, and corborn Magic goes around in the uh, the Zoom top from box number one. I, I've tipped him on top. I think he's the superior stayer. Um, he's got a great record from box number one. There is not a lot of speed in the race, and, and you'd know this boy pretty well. He's, he's raced everywhere in New South Wales, and to me it seems like he can begin time to time, but he just keeps whacking away. And I think from box one, he's going to be right in the thick of it here in the Zoom top.
2: Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, obviously, the travel's no issue for him. Like you said, he, he's been here, there, and everywhere, just as consistent as they come. And, yeah, box one, perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly can't remember, you know, two trainers, Jodie and Any having a, a run like they are. I mean, you know, you just would back their dogs and that's what I've been doing and it's been great like I've been online shopping like there's no tomorrow so I think it's a I think it's a pretty safe bet um you know for for core magic and um you know I wouldn't worry about the the third place the other week you know he'll bounce back from that and like you said you know the early speed's not um not overly concerning so I think he should get himself into a nice position and um yeah just be uh just be rolling along like he does well
0: good on you dim good luck with everything moving forward with the podcast with the social media and, and likewise uh promoting- promoting the great sport that is Greyhound Racing. We appreciate, and I think I can speak on behalf of all the participants, saying that uh, we we appreciate everything you do for Greyhound Racing, in particular up there in New South Wales. So keep doing what you're doing. Good luck and and good luck with that online shopping as well. Hopefully a few more winners (laughs) for Team Lord.
2: (laughs) No worries. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And that's all now for this episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to calling the three big ones at the Meadows Saturday night. Doesn't get any bigger and better than the rookie rebel, the Zoom Top, and that Tim Lee. That, that is going to be one that goes down in the history books as one of the great races. Do not miss it. Good luck. Safe travelling. Big thanks to Corey Smith. a big thanks to Dimity Ma as well.
1: Until next time, safe travelling. Happy punning.